Liz is dead. Do you have any idea what that means? You were shooing for prom queen? club members. I'm Kate and Emma's still not here but don't worry you true crime freaks. She's coming next week for a mini episode. She's off her rotation off her peds rotation and she's gonna bring some freaky shit for all you true crime freaky weirdos. (laughs) But in the interim we have club queen. Is that you're you're the club queen right? Yes I'm club queen. I should have thought before I did that. I think I gave you too much power. (laughs) I regret. But over there is Ariana. Say hi, Ariana. Hi. Sorry you got me again for this one. (laughs) Yeah, Ariana joined us for Signs, and I'm actually very excited. I didn't know anything about this movie. I didn't know anything about Jawbreaker whenever I asked you to do it with me, Um, but I'm super excited. Oh, wow, really? No, I had no. I, I knew nothing. I knew absolutely nothing about this movie. Did you know anything about this movie? No, I had never heard of it. I thought you... We're a fan. We'll get there, won't we? So before we <laughs> before we get too excited, um, uh, welcome back to the Nightlight Horror Movie Club, everyone. Um, if you're new here, welcome. By listening, you are officially a club member, and uh, there are no dues, and you there is also no. It's not. It's an opt. It, it's neither opt in or out. You're just kind of in it. So there's no unsubscribe. Welcome. I hope you have fun here because you're stuck, and. <laughs> If you're wondering, hey, you guys are called the Horror Movie Club, is Jawbreaker a horror movie? No, it isn't. But neither is a lot of stuff we cover. And I like to consider myself a horror inclusionist. And I could I could put this in the, you know, the Venn diagram of horror, right? No, yeah, I agree. I have a lot of feelings about this topic. I knew you would, and I don't know what, what kind of feelings they would be, but I knew you'd have a lot of them. <laughs> yes but this episode it wasn't it wasn't my idea because I had didn't know this movie existed it was actually recommended by two club members by um, Carly and Haywood and it went on the patron poll and our patrons who are our club officers they chose this one from a group of three different semi-horror 90s feminist movies that semi-horror. was the genre Right? Like that yeah. that's what it was. And it was close. Ariana saw it. It was so close. Kate, did you vote for this one? I didn't. I stayed out because I didn't one, I didn't know any of the movies. You didn't know any of them? None of them. So I'm pulling it up right now. I'm pulling up the patron poll. Hold on, posts. Yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. Um it was the craft, jawbreaker, and ginger snaps. I had I, I know of the craft, just like from pop culture. And Nev Campbell, but like that's, I don't know anything <laughs> else about it. And I don't know, jo- didn't know Jawbreaker and I didn't know Ginger Snaps. And the vote was respectively 31%, 38%, 31%. So like one wow. more person voted. <laughs> so oh every vote gosh. counts, people. Every yeah. vote counts. So um, uh, go, go become a club officer. Go become a patron so that you can vote on what I get to talk about and what Ariana has to watch. Oh boy. I am a club officer. Totally worth it. However, I did not vote for this movie, and here I am watching it. Which one did you vote for? I voted for The Craft. I knew you would vote for The Craft, though. So The Craft is still in the running for a later patron poll, because as if you've 
if you guys have listened to the platform yet that we did with David Day from Horror Movie Talk, you'll know that I don't always take no for an answer. Because, <laughs> like, half of the movies are recommended by club officers, and then half of them I just pull out of a hat or whatever I want to do. But this one, people actually wanted to do. So I'm really excited to talk about how it is horror, how it isn't horror. Um, the thing, I'm so excited to say so many things. But the first thing I have to say is a bit of a flex. So I posted, Argana doesn't know this, but I posted on Instagram just being like, hey, we're going to be watching Jawbreaker, really excited about it. And the director, Darren Stein, <gasps> liked no. my post. No, he didn't. <laughs> yes, he did. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was That's like, so That's cool. So cool. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. And that was like before I had, I had only, wa- I, was, I had just started to watch it. I was watching it and then it popped up and I was like, I know who that is. <laughs> Wow. I know who that is. So yeah, um, Darren Stein, Mr. Stein, um, if you are listening to this, um, please just, I will be a dead body. I will be in the background. Just keep making movies. Um, I'd like to be in one. Thank you so much. Um, thank and, you. And enjoy, and thank you for being a, a club member by liking our post. That means a lot. So yay, fucking cool. Wow. Well, I feel like we do need to like explain what Jawbreaker is to people who don't know what Jawbreaker is, right? Yeah, I had no idea. And when I was doing research, it said it's a big part of pop culture, which I'm like, is it? Because I've never heard of it. So it is. Yeah. So after doing research, it is. And I'm like very embarrassed that I haven't seen it. Me too. Because this is clearly an iconic movie. So whenever I looked it up, whenever someone, whenever Carly and Haywood recommended this movie, and it won the poll. I was like, okay, time to look up like a little tiny bit about it. I don't like to look up a lot before I watch, but I looked up a tiny bit and I just Googled it. And the first thing that popped up was I got, I had Jawbreaker is a 1999 American satirical teen black comedy crime film. And I was like, excellent. <laughs> You're Perfect. like, I'm sold. I'm in. I was almost sold. And then I saw the next part, which was normally I play a game with you for return on investment, but I'm just going to say it. Budget 3.5 million, box office 3.1 million. <laughs> And I was like, yes, I want to watch this movie. (laughs) I want to watch this movie right now. And um, if you haven't seen it, I I, I normally don't go through like a full plot walkthrough for every single movie. But this one, I think I am going to at least briefly. Okay. um, Because I want people to watch this movie. And this isn't a very accessible movie. It's kind of an older movie. And a lot of people don't know what it is. So yeah. I, I think people need to know what it is. And I'm I agree. I think it. it's important to go through the plot points. I would love to hear you do that. Okay. So one thing to know about it, um, if, if before knowing anything else, is that it was a critical and a financial failure. <laughs> this oh. movie did very, very poorly. And wow. however, like, don't be too sad because it has come to gain a really strong cult following. And similarities have been drawn between movies that as soon as I was watching this movie I was like okay I see I see where it got its influence and I see another movie that got influence from it do you know what those movies are I agree I have a whole list oh tell me your list (laughs) all right so as I was watching I was taking notes so Heathers absolutely Heathers hands down Heathers Carrie Carrie a hundred percent Carrie and Clueless those were the three Mm -hmm. that I was like wow so Heather's, it was a direct, um, like Darren Stein was directly influenced by Heather's. Heather's is kind yeah. of like, it's the same vibe. It's a very different plot and I'll get into it. I have a whole section where I talk about, is this just a Heather's knockoff? Yeah. Um, I, I have strong feelings about it, but 
basically they're like it has the same vibe as Heather's just in a 90s background yeah. And the reason that you're um, it reminds you of Carrie is one the prom scene is very very much Carrie and there's a lot of stuff that's drawn from Carrie but you know that there are cast members that are from Carrie. Yes, right? I ah! know that. <laughs> yes. So do you know who they are? Okay, so I know. First of all, they directly reference Carrie like when they're in the yes. car going to. Yeah, prom. they make the pig's blood joke. Pig's yeah. blood, and the character who does it is in the remake that was in 2013. Yeah, that's Judy, Judy Greer. Greer. Yeah. Yes. And um, Liz, we'll get into like the full pl- blow by blow in a minute. But Liz her parents. The, yeah, her parents. Yeah. Her, Liz's parents are played by PJ Souls and William Cat. Both of them were in Carrie. Uh, PJ Souls was Norma Watson, who was the bitch who always wore the baseball hat and chewed gum. Oh. She was also the blonde babysitter in Halloween who had the pigtails. Yes. Oh, my God. So, I like, forgot. Yeah. Literally a, squ- a scream queen. And yeah. then Tommy Ross. Um, William Cat played Tommy Ross, who was Carrie's prom date. So both of those were Liz's dad. Oh mom. my god! I didn't realize they had such large roles. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. That's so awesome. like, so like, we can we can we can tie in some horror here. There's definitely horror elements. Yeah. There's definitely nods to horror. I can tell that Darren Stein is like a fan of horror. Yeah, so I agree. I just thought that was really cool. And Clueless, you mentioned Clueless. Did you mention that because of the costuming? The costuming, the like self-aware, cool click idea, yeah. you know, them driving in convertibles everywhere. <laughs> Correct. Um, yeah, it's the same costumer. So. Oh, really? Yeah, Vicki Barrett was the costumer for Jawbreaker, which first of all, that's what drew me to this movie. Like the first thing yeah. I saw, I'm like, what is Jawbreaker? And I saw just like the poster of it, which is like Rose McGowan, the whole cast, and they're just wearing <laughs> this like lycra brightly colored Bright 90s colors. attire and I was like yes <laughs> yeah she also did um Romy and Michelle's high school reunion she did the costuming for that so yeah so a lot a lot of 80s and 90s aesthetic in this movie and a lot of influences nice yeah I was very excited to watch this as well and I think that the costuming and the colors and the aesthetic was a big appeal um, even people who didn't like it commented that that was definitely a plus for them. A hundred percent. So is there a movie you can think of that comes after Jawbreaker? Maybe oh, I mean should girls. wait. Oh, of course it's fucking <laughs> Mean Girls. Of course it's Mean Girls. And I have a whole section where I talk about like where Mean Girls obviously drew influence from Jawbreaker and kind of like the Heather's then Jawbreaker then Mean Girls timeline and like yeah. what is influence versus what is a ripoff. Got a whole section on that. But we're getting oh, ahead so of excited. ourselves. <laughs> we're getting ahead of ourselves. We haven't even done the film breakdown, ladies okay. and gents. Yes, so, let's do it. I mean, obviously I get to pick a film genre and I think you already know what it is. Do I? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It might have to do with a gift that you have sent me already. <laughs> Um, is it candy horror? You're so close. It is <sighs> popsicle horror. <laughs> oh my God. What other movies does this fall into? Don't worry about it. Okay. Don't worry about <laughs> it. I'll think of something. Since I knew you were going to be a total Emma about it and make me follow the <laughs> rules and have another movie that matches. I have cult classic. I have teen horror. 
Um, but I think I think we all know that this is a popsicle horror movie, at, the, at least the people who have seen it. And if you haven't seen it, this should be your inspiration to go watch it so that you understand what I'm referencing right now. Yes. Can I add that I feel like it's a I've created a monster. Now I must destroy this monster horror. Absolutely. Yes. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yes. Uh, mean Girls, also a horror movie yep. we'll be covering. There's a Halloween scene. We'll fit it in. We'll get it in there. <laughs> and in this movie, we, we, we've already talked about the, how it came out in the 90s. It premiered at Sundance in 1999. Um, and I already told you about the budget. <laughs> um, wow. The budget was bad. The budget was not fair, if I'm going to just be completely honest. 3.5 million, even in like 90s money, that's a very small budget. Yeah. Like most of the most of the movies we talk about from the 90s or even the 80s and 70s are like tens of millions of dollars. And this wow. is like... What do you think all of the work. money went to in this movie? Rose McGowan. <laughs> I was going to say the cars. The cars in this movie oh, they were just ridiculous. borrowed the cars, right? Like... The cars were sexy, though. I'm not going to lie. They were sexy. But this setting was like basic LA like it was well, that's because they literally just cheap. yeah picked yeah they picked high schools that they like I know that the high school was the same high school they used to fit to film Lizzie McGuire um oh I know isn't that like cute that's nice. <laughs> <It's> nice. <laughs> different vibe but nice yeah wow but anyway tiny tiny budget and Rose McGowan actually had something to say about it because Rose McGowan um obviously she stars in this movie and she has a, a lot to say about this movie she mm-hmm. is a huge fan. She's a huge fan of the writer and director, Darren, who I'll talk about in a minute. She's just a huge fan of this movie in general. And she had a bone to pick with the budget. And I have a direct quote. Um, she said, they had it. De- Let me, I'm trying to do a Rose McGowan voice. I can't. <laughs> they had to decide to put their money for advertising behind Jawbreaker or Can't Hardly Wait. And they fucked up and chose Can't Hardly Wait. I'm sure it's remembered affectionately for people that liked it. But please, which of these is a superior film? Like, let's be real. One had cultural impact. Yeah, that was a spot on Rose McGowan. It was okay. Like, for for the moment, (laughs) it was like, okay. And I agree with her. It was like very clear that the, who was it? It was Columbia TriStar, the production studio. And it was very clear that they hedged their bets on this movie yeah which pisses me off because but honestly it pisses me off but I don't think we needed more money I agree I agree I mean it is what it is it did its job it did its job it did god I have so many opinions we all right we have to just get through this real fast okay go yeah I'm dying I am dying to tell you how I feel and I know I can I can see it on your face I know exactly Uh, how you feel I know you so you you do (laughs) it's true I think I know how you feel but I don't because I don't want to get my feelings hurt which (laughs) I don't want to be vulnerable in front of you (laughs) well so we already I already talked about the writer and director Darren we love Darren um openly gay um where's I I still don't have a theme song for gay representation and horror hold on gay representation and horror 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 um so Darren invented this movie this was his brainchild um and he has a quote that kind of explains why it's called jawbreaker and he just says the jawbreaker just came to represent the duality of the poppy sweetness of the girls of high school and of youth versus the whole idea that this thing could break your jaw (laughs) yes I know I saw that too and I was like wow that's so spot on I understand everything now I know I, I so initially whenever I saw the 
you know poster of this movie i was like a, a woman wrote this a woman directed yeah, this same and then i looked it up and i was like gay man yes that makes sense yes. as well amazing we are we are for this <laughs> and you know that one so he brought his script to the executives at columbia tristar and they were like yeah we'll, we'll like finance the movie but you have to either cast natalie portman hmm mm, kate winslet Mm-mm. Mm-mm. or rose mcgowan yes okay yes who rose do you McGowan. think that um natalie portman which character would she have been well i think that they wanted her to play like oh i just assumed that they wanted her to be like courtney like the main person on screen yeah i could see her as courtney but i can't see kate winslet as courtney i can't see either of them as courtney i, I can't like see I anyone see other than portman. rose mcgowan as yeah you're right you're right yeah she <laughs> other than like Rachel McAdams. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I right? Yeah. Which we'll yeah. get there. Brunette, Rachel McAdams. A hundred percent. Which is the The main one has the, to be Brunette. <laughs> always. The mean one. The mean one has to be Brunette. Well, Rose McGowan is like Courtney. She's the literal sc- scream queen. She's the main baddie. Um and you know that um her name, Darren picked her name after Courtney, like Courtney Love. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh-uh. Yeah, just just was a fan of Courtney Love. And Aww. then we have Judy Greer. Judy yes. Greer is in oh, this movie. Oh, I love Judy Greer. Who doesn't love Judy Greer? Oh, my God. What was the She's, first movie you saw Judy Greer in growing up? Uh, the Village. Oh, yeah. I forgot about The Village. I'm so stupid. What, I what, When what I see Judy say? Greer, I think of 13 going on 30. Mm. Okay. That probably came out the same time as The Village, so I still think it was The Village first. Oh, really? Yeah, I still think it was The Village, but damn, was she good in third. She just, that bitch has a range. That's what I'm saying. Like, she does have a range, but she also does play, like, the awkward girl, but also, like, the bitchy girl really well. She just has, oh, like, a really face that can go it. either way. I assume you've seen Arrested Development. Uh, oh, my God, I forgot she was in Arrested Development. She's Kitty in Arrested <laughs> It's break, so break, good. Woo! <laughs> I oh, love her so one. much. Yeah. And I didn't know that she was in this movie until it started. And she was the voiceover. I'm like, is that Judy fucking Greer? Oh, my God. Yes. I feel like this character is like who she was born to play. Like, it's exactly her. Like, it has both aspects of what I expect from Julie Greer. Judy Greer. Awkward and a bitch. Yeah, exactly. We've got uh-huh. Fern. We've got Violet. It's perfect. Yes, I agree. Well, she she was... I, I don't know how they got her. I know it was like her first film role kind of. So like, well, well done. What a good one. I wish that was my first film role. Oh, speaking of. Oh, no, no, no. She That's not her first film role. But Julie Benz, who plays Marcy. Did you recognize her from anything? I didn't. I thought she only did. Um, I think I saw her in like one other thing. I Well, I recognized her as Darla from Buffy slash Angel. Oh, I was going to, I knew you were going to bring up Buffy. I was like, there's a 0% chance we're going to do this whole episode without bringing up Buffy somehow. I will bring up Buffy in places I can't bring up Buffy. So if (laughs) freaking Darla from season one Buffy is here, I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. So that's Marcy. She's Marcy, she's the the sidekick. And then you have Charlotte Ayana, who plays Liz, who is... Spoiler, spoiler alert. Pause this if you care. She's the dead one. <laughs> she's the dead one. She's the dead one. But you, I don't know if you know this, but she won Miss Teen USA yes, in 1993. Yes, I did know that. 
Uh-huh. Oh. Also, and you know she's full Puerto Rican and she has like white parents. How? I'm confused. So the actress is Puerto Rican, uh-huh. but in the movie, both of her parents oh, are white. Oh, in the movie. Oh, yes. oh, 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 oh. I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, no. Well, that's because, you know, in the 90s, only white people were allowed to exist. I know. Ugh. As a those half Hispanic the, woman, it bums rules. me out. <laughs> those were the rules. Those Representation. The rules. Well, we, we did kind of ha- like she's Puerto Rican, which is cool, but that's like, yeah. Like, that doesn't count. As yes, I agree. The 90s was a hard time to represent anything. Like, even, like, this was a gay writer and director. And, like, having gay representation in this movie absolutely did it a disservice in the 90s. Because gayness okay. is a huge part of this movie. Yeah, I agree. I think I know what you're referencing, but tell me more. Well, like... We have Fern slash Violet, who is gay. Yes, I agree. I was like, are you going to talk about all of the lesbian references? Like, I feel like there's a debate whether or not she's lesbian, but it's no, there's clearly no debate. obvious. There's I feel no like debate. there is. <laughs> no, <laughs> Well, they don't no flat debate. out say it, right? And I mean, yes, I guess do. people... When? When they call her whenever cu- she, carpet she Whenever she's drooling and calling, what's her name, the cat's meow. Whenever she's practicing her speech before she goes into the house. Later, whenever everyone's making really like crude lesbian gestures at her. Whenever she takes um, Julie to prom. Yeah. It's I very agree. clear. I agree with everything you're saying. They just never explicitly say it. And that's why I they feel couldn't. like the internet's like, is this real? Is this not? Is she just obsessed? But no, I, I think that it was agree. the 90s, right? Like, and you can get away with a tiny bit. So there's that little joke that they make in the drama school or in the yeah. drama class, which was hilarious, where they're like, well, maybe she's just plain bi. And it's talking about how, like, maybe she's bi. And then they're like, sexy, that's hot. And like, that's like the whole, the, the only thing that they can say to allude to the fact that she very clearly prefers women. <laughs> Wait, you don't feel like they would have just said it? In the 90s? No, I don't. Really? No, you couldn't. No, so the 90s, I was talking to one of my f- good friends about this just the other day, how in like the 80s was kind of like a, almost like a don't ask, don't tell situation for gay people in that like you guys kind of do your thing over there and we'll do our thing over here. And then like the AIDS crisis happened mm. and everything became f- just way worse. And so the 90s was just kind of, extreme homophobia like I almost have a hard time like watching nostalgic 90s movies because there's so much just nasty blatant toxic masculinity and homophobia oh yeah I mean that's how I feel about really anything I watch (laughs) no uh, unless it's like drag race then I'm like all right with it (laughs) yeah we'll watch we'll watch drag race that's a safe place just like this podcast this podcast is also a safe safe place (laughs) well we, we we know we know about Liz, we know we haven't really talked about Julie, who is like the good girl of the group. Rebecca mm-hmm. Gay Hart plays Julie. She's the she had a lead role in um, Urban Legend, which was this, like a slasher from the 90s. Oh, so before we got, this? like a lot of little horror things. Hmm? Was that her first one or was this her first one? That that was in 98. This was in 99. Oh, OK. Got it. And then do you know um, who her husband is in real life? She, no, please tell me. <gasps> Eric Dane. Who's that? Oh, it's McSteamy from Grey's Anatomy. Oh, I haven't seen Grey's Anatomy. Oh, Eric God. Dane. 
<gasps> you mean the dad from Euphoria? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, well, they broke up. Oh, they broke up? Oh, I'm sorry to bring this to you. Yeah, but they broke up. Yeah, I just know him as the dad from Euphoria. I cannot imagine him on Grey's Anatomy. Have you seen Euphoria yet? I have seen almost all of it, so no spoilers. No, obviously no spoilers. No, no, no. But that's the dad, right? Like, that's we're talking about the same person. Okay. Yes. Mixed. I I just can't look at him and be like, yeah, mixed steamy. Oh, but he's so good on Grey's Anatomy. But I agree. He was, like, born to play his role in Euphoria. It's pretty messed up. Yeah, no, he's one of my favorite characters in Euphoria because he's psycho. Oh, yeah. Anytime he's on screen, I'm not looking away. You know what I mean? Oh, my God, I know. I am paying attention. Yeah. He's kind of the um, villain because he's the reason the, you know, the main guy is. Wait, no, this. you're the one no who spoilers. just said no spoilers. <laughs> no Euphoria spoilers tucked into the middle of our Jawbreaker uh. episode. That's it's so, so hard not to bring up these things. I want to talk to you about them. <laughs> I know. Well, th- I have a few other little tidbits about like some casting characters that you guys might recognize. Um, but I'll, I'll save them for later because I know Ar- I haven't gotten... Ariana hasn't gotten to get a word in edgewise. I'm sorry. I get excited. That's okay. That's okay. Do you want me to give you my quiz or do you want that to be after? Oh, there's a quiz? There's a quiz. For me? Yes. Like a quiz about Jawbreaker? Yes. (laughs) I want that right now. Yes. Okay, great. (laughs) I want that right now. So before the score, (laughs) there's it's three questions. If you get two out of three, then you get an extra token in picking where this goes in the, in the ranking. (gasps) The only thing she wants. It is all I want because I gave you way too much power with signs. I I regretted it. I regretted it so immediately. I know you did. Okay. I'm sorry. All right. (laughs) It's fine because I'm going to get this. I'm going to nail this quiz. It's about this movie, right? That's what you think. Yes. It's about this movie. I'm ready. All right, ready? I'm so ready. I was born ready. I don't think yes. you're going to get it, but all right, let's try. <gasps> okay. Okay. All right, ready? Number yes. one. Yes. In the scene where Courtney threatens Fern in the bathroom, mm-hmm. she says, I made you and I can break you just as easily. That's from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Okay, great. Yeah. I've seen Rocky <laughs> Horror one. Picture Show. Yeah. I know you have, and I know you'd love that question because you love a good Rocky <laughs> Horror reference. I love Rocky right. Horror. Okay, next one. How long mm-hmm. did it take to shoot the entire film from start to finish? Well, that's a stupid-ass question. Why? Because you know it? Because I don't know it. Yes. <laughs> Score. Um, I'm going to guess, uh, is there multiple choice? No. Oh, my God. That, this is mean. Uh, <laughs> All right, I'll make up multiple choice. I thought you knew no, these. Mm, no, no. Okay. I, I will just guess. I'm going to guess. No, I can give you multiple choice if you want. I mean, I, I need it. I need it. Okay, okay. Can I phone a friend? Can the, the internet? The is the internet be, your the friend? Pan- no, it was going to be Darren. <laughs> no. The writer and director. Darren. <laughs> First name basis. He liked one of your yeah, posts. Yeah, my friend Darren. Oh, I'm jealous. All right, go ahead and guess. Wait, you just... <laughs> all right, you just all right, said all right. You were gonna do multiple okay, times. okay. Ready? Yes. Uh, let me uh, let me think. Okay. Um, one month, four months, two years. 
One month. That's right. One <gasps> month. Oh, thank God. <laughs> 30 days. Oh, my God. 30 Start to days. finish. Does that explain Start a lot? Start to finish. <laughs> I mean, it like, it's it's got that, fe- it's like a, it's a very rushed feel I to agree. the movie. But like, it's frantic, but it, it only helps it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One month. Yeah, that makes sense days. to me. I'm fine with it. Also, just the budget was very, very small, so I knew it wasn't going to be two years. Yeah. There also wasn't a lot of like moving off site and things that required a lot of, you know, high maintenance, I guess, set yeah, design. Yeah, no. No, we just need like some banging outfits and put them <laughs> somewhere in California. We're good. We just need some young adults to pretend they're teenagers in a high school God, in California. Yeah. Well, that's oh that's what 90s movies were, and that's what I wanted them to be. <laughs> I want them to be but that with more, now. When you're young and you're watching these, you're like, why don't I look like that person? Oh, because they're 27 years old. Because that's I'm a grown 17. woman with grown woman boobies? Yes. Yeah, Nobody yeah. told me that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no one. All right, let me just, if there are any young teens listening to this podcast, and you don't look like the cast of Riverdale or whatever the fuck. It's because they're all 30, okay? Google their ages. You'll make yourself feel better. their ages. Look at how much money they make and realize that money makes you beautiful because money pays for a lot of plastic surgery. It pays to have your lips done. It pays to have your back cupped or whatever. (laughs) I'm just saying, I haven't got my hair retoned in like five months. (laughs) Oh, God. Girl, it's like looking bad, but that's not the point. The point is I need, I'm not comparing myself to anyone other than my, than, than Fern. I'll compare myself to Fern, but not Yeah, I was going to say, I definitely did not look like these girls when I was in high school. Definitely not. No, I dressed like an absolute idiot. I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) I didn't have a costume designer. I thought, did you have uniforms? I did whenever I went to my initial public school in Mississippi, like, where I'm from. You had uniforms in a public school? Is that normal? Yeah, that's very normal. Oh, really? That's not how it is yeah. in Florida. <laughs> well, Florida's different. Florida's its own thing, I guess. Florida's so is Mississippi, different. though. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, but we, we're going to wear friggin' we're going to wear uniforms. So when I went to the public school, like the main public school, like the high school in my hometown, we wore uniforms. But then I got homeschooled and I wore like pajamas. And then I went to the boarding Mm. math and science school, which was also a public school, but we could wear whatever we wanted. So. Oh, really? I thought you were going to say that you had uniforms at your public or your boarding school, but not your public school. No, but I I had to. So I dyed my hair purple and pink and they made me um, dye it brown. At your boarding school? Yeah, but it wasn't their fault. Like it, the boarding school would have let me do whatever I wanted, but we get public funding from the governor of Mississippi, so there were rules. Well, yeah, that sounds legit. I mean, I couldn't even wear nail polish or makeup, or I think I dyed my hair. Like, remember in the night? Remember in the two thousands when like it was a big thing to have like really strongly bleached money pieces parts of your hair. I yeah, did that I once. I still love that look. I know. Well, it's back now, but I mean, like back in the two thousands, it was like a hardcore thing and I did that and I got in trouble <gasps> and it wasn't even like an abnormal color I mean it was like lighter brown than my brunette hair and I, I would be like I prove that this isn't just like Bride of Frankenstein like stress pieces <laughs> stress prove pieces it. as a fourth grader yeah you cannot I can't believe you oh you must have looked like such a fucking cool fourth grader with money pieces in your hair dude I know I did yeah. Oh, damn it. You peaked. That's when you peaked. That was my peak. 10, 10 years old. <laughs> no. Oh, damn. 
That's really impressive. I don't know why that impresses me so much. It just does. (laughs) (laughs) This is how you impress Kate. Yeah, it is. I was like, God, in fourth grade, so cool. Did you spike it? That's amazing. (laughs) No, I didn't get to do any of that because I went to, I had to wear uniforms, so, and couldn't dye my hair natural No, that's what I'm saying. I had uniforms as well, but they were like crazy. I mean, I went to Catholic school, so they were intense. Oh, yeah, that's different though. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole other thing. That's a whole different can of worms, girl. I'll tell you that this movie does not take place in a Catholic school. Absolutely the things not. these girls are wearing, um, oh like God. gorgeous, flawless. I know. The, the high heels alone. Oh my God, I know. It's very Mean Girls vibes when they're walking down the hallway and you're just like, damn, look at this fashion. And they're like in high heels and it's like, you don't fucking wear high heels to high school. And it's Ooh. like, this is a shot for shot Mean Girls reference or Mean Girls, are we I gonna, guess, is referencing Are we going to talk about it? Are we going to talk about it now? Sure. Yes. Okay, so at what point do I need to walk people through this movie? Because I feel like people haven't people who haven't seen this movie are like, what the hell are they talking about? Okay, okay. Walk us through right now and then we'll circle back. Okay, but then but then we we're gonna circle back to Heathers and we're gonna circle back to Mean Girls. Okay, yes? sounds good. Sounds like a plan. Okay, good. All right. So Ariana. Yeah. I feel like we should just kind of like walk people through it. Yeah, let's just like walk them through it. Let's do it. So it starts. On the morning of Liz Purr's 17th birthday. Great name. Liz Purr. And the fact that they call her the cat's meow. cat's meow. Oh, so Ah. good. Yes. Get me the cat pun. I love a good cat pun. Liz Purr is the most popular girl at Reagan High because she's one of the one of the plastics. I'm so sorry. I'm trying yes. not to reference Mean Girls. She's one of the plastics. This came before Mean Girls. Let me just throw that out there. Yes. She's one of like the, the cool popular clique that are well-dressed and cool and awesome. But she also happens to be like the sweetest person on planet Earth. So everyone's Did you have one of those in her. your high school who was like popular but also like very, very nice? Um, That was me. <laughs> No, I'm <laughs> definitely kidding. It was not me. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, that w- that would be Jenny in vet school is who that Aww, was. Oh, Jenny. That's what See, I was thinking the, when the, I was watching this. The tone this. of your voice proves <laughs> my fucking point. Jenny was my best friend in vet school. She is awesome. Yes. And she is one of the best people I've ever met. She is definitely 100%. Liz Purr. 100%. She's Liz Purr. Yeah. God, keep her away from hard candies because she Aww. needs to be protected. <laughs> protect Jenny so the only difference is like I'm not like Courtney so Courtney is like the the Rachel McAdams of this clique and she's mean just she's just mean she's just regular mean and she doesn't like Liz Purr because people like Liz Purr so anyway they have this idea it's like a thing that they do it's like a cool friend thing that they do that's so weird where they pretend that they're masked assailants and they kidnap her they Courtney shoves a who's played by Rose McGowan shoves a jawbreaker into her mouth as like a like a gag and then they shove her in the trunk of her car and then they like drive her to like a diner to take her out for her birthday breakfast only when they open the trunk Liz is dead and she has a giant jawbreaker lodged in her like esophagus for her windpipe no I have so many so did you see the thing about how the director said that he knew girls who did this with their friends and that's what this is based on? No. Yeah. He said that in high school he had like friends that were girls that did this. And I'm like, that is savage. I would so, never do that. I've never heard no, of girls doing this. 
so I have like oh, sorority really? girls, like not not this, but like like the kidnapping thing. Oh, like on so their birthday, would, or yeah, as a so sorority, we would, cute, we would cute kidnap people, right? Like be like, you're still in your pajamas. We're grabbing you. We're gonna go get pancakes. Like that, I've done. Okay, like on their birthday. On their birthday. Oh, I've never heard of this. But like sh- they were buckled in the car. <laughs> They weren't in the trunk dead? Okay. <laughs> they weren't Got dead it. in the trunk. So Got it was, it. you know, same, same, but different. But like, yeah, <laughs> like the, 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 the thought of like you kidnap someone on their birthday, that's like a thing. Wow. I've never heard of this at all. The, the way they do it, that their, um, you know, their execution is a little different, pun intended. Jeez. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but basically they, they take, they handle this poorly. They handle this discovery very poorly. And because yeah. because she's dead and Julie, who is the mm, is she the Gretchen or the Karen? Julie is probably the Gretchen, Karen. but there's not really a no, because Karen is definitely Marcy. Because she's like no. the dumb one who's like the father. Yeah, but, but Gretchen is like up the butt all the time. Yeah, but I also don't think that Gretchen I don't think there's a Gretchen in this movie and I don't think that there's a Julie in Mean Girls. I agree. Okay, sorry. I'm trying to I'm trying to do the Mean Girls crossover way too much. Apologies. Apologies, <laughs> Darren. I'm sorry. Darren. So Julie is like the good quote one and she wants yeah. to like call the police and Rose McGowan is like Courtney is like no. We're not doing that. Um which one of you can sound the most like her mom? And so she calls and like it's like sorry. She can't come in today. She's feeling sick. And then they just go to school. Like they park at the front of the school with her in the trunk and they just go to school. And it's as if nothing ever happened. You know, Kate, I will say that I know you don't like true crime. No, I don't. That being said, there are a lot of true crime stories that involve girls in high school doing shit like this. And it's crazy. It's crazy. There's an SVU episode about it that's based on a true crime. There's like a crime that happened in Indiana and California where like high school girls like murder their friend and then like are very nonchalant about it. It's very weird. But I think that it's sort of not really based on something like that. But it's it's very interesting that that is captured in this movie. Don't ruin Jawbreaker for me. (laughs) You know, I hate true crime. You hate it. I hate it's it. It's real. So but like, I, I mean, I, I can kind of see that being a thing, right? Where you're like a young girl. I assume that the true crimes you're talking about are like oopsie murders. No, they're no. not, are they? Fuck. Nope. God, I hate true crime. <laughs> Surely someone wouldn't murder someone on purpose, right? Kate wants to see the good in everyone. And I'm here <laughs> to let you know that people are fucking assholes. People are fucking assholes. Ew, gross. Well, at least these guys, it was an oopsie murder, but yeah, they are very quick to cover it up. Anyway, so they're, you know, putting their lipstick on in the mirror (laughs) of the school of the girls bathroom. You forgot you forgot the part where they're in the car and they're trying to figure out how they're going to cover up the fact that that Liz is not at school. And so they decide to call in as her mom. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. Because they were like, who can do a good mom voice? Oh, yeah. And they all look at Julie and she's like, excuse me. <laughs> what does that mean? Julie's like, I'd rather call the police. And so Courtney's like, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. So then they show up at school, they act like everything's fine. And then their teacher comes in and says, oh, your friend's not at school today. Um, are you guys going to come get her homework and take it to her? Um, she's feeling sick. And they said, yeah, we'll be there at three. Um, but they fuck up and they don't show up. So then Fern, um, who's Fern Mayo, which love that name. I love Golden the name. way that they choose names that are so perfect for each character. Yeah. And also they're, they're like cartoon names almost. Yes, you're right. Uh-huh. So Fern In the best Mayo, way, in a good way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fern Mayo, like hold the mayo, <laughs> like, which is a direct quote. Yeah. She's so cute. Um, she just happens to be in that teacher's office. Um, and the teacher decides that since the popular girls didn't show up because they're like sitting on a bench and fucking around and forget, I guess. They that just she's they literally give... just forget. <laughs> I know. Because they're Which moving her I mean, body. Because <laughs> they're, I think it's they're just they're way too nonchalant. Um, so then she gives Fern the homework for the popular girl who's dead. And she says, oh, will you take this to Liz Purse house? And then as she's leaving, she's like, oh, wait, I didn't give you her address. And you can tell Fern is like low-key obsessed with this popular girl. Fern is high-key obsessed with Liz. Yeah, yeah. Fern she's trying to keep it on the DL, if, but. She's trying, but she's failing so hard. And did yeah. you recognize that teacher, by the way? Oh, my God. I love that teacher. I have so many feelings about that. I forget Carol her name, Kane. but she's in so many things. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Her name's Carol Kane, a.k.a. Miss Sherwood, if you're a Jawbreaker fan. And she is, the. I think most people know her from Kimmy Schmidt. as like Kimmy the Schmidt, neighbor yes. from Kimmy Schmidt. Mm-hmm. But horror tie-in, she was also the original babysitter for When a Stranger Calls in 1979. Oh, dang. I didn't know that. Yeah, isn't that fucking cool? Wow. Yeah, that's cool. I know her from Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Have you seen that movie? No. It sounds great. It's exactly the vibe of this movie. It's Lindsay (gasps) Lohan at her prime in high school as a drama nerd. And this lady is the drama teacher and she's like quirky as fuck and it's hilarious. Sold. Yes, I know. I'm surprised you haven't seen it or heard of it. I'm I am just like I was like upset when I realized that it was a big deal I haven't seen Jawbreaker I am equally upset about this Lindsay Lohan movie I I am also upset at you you need to watch I'm sorry I I will (laughs) back to back to Fern Mayo hold the mayo (laughs) remember that name while it's still Fern it'll be something different soon oh Fern oh Fern so she goes she shows up at Liz's house with like the homework slash trying to like show like impress her trying to impress Liz doesn't know she's dead goes in that don't aw (laughs) it's cute because she likes her and she's like standing at the doorway and she's like fawning over her now it's cute right now like right this second yeah you're not the next second (laughs) yeah because what's happening upstairs is we have the girls that are trying to stage Liz's like rigor mortis body on her bed so it looks like she had like a one night stand gone wrong and Vern walks in on that and basically Courtney zones the fuck in on the situation because Courtney is is a she's a badass bitch she is and she's like hello (laughs) you have stumbled on our crime scene um we obviously have a vacancy in this clique and for the price of your silence 
you can be the new Liz. How does that sound? Oh my god! And it sounds pretty really sounds pretty good to Fern. So Fern gets a classic <laughs> '90s makeover. Yes, it it is classic. But also, I was expecting a montage, and what they gave me was a very atypical montage. Like it was like it was spliced with images of Liz in a coffin. And like, it was so weird. It was like, who are these people dyeing your hair? Like, it wasn't like them giving her the makeover. It was very weird. So and here's offbeat. the thing about this movie. This movie is bizarre. Like this yes. movie, if you're looking for like a she's all that kind of movie, keep scrolling. Like that's not yeah. what this movie is. This mm-hmm. movie is bizarre. It intentionally fucks with your head. Um, it's got weird sound effects and very equally weird like scene transitions <laughs> and it's all extremely intentional. So like the 90s makeover scene worked for me because it was just like it's like someone just took me and shook me like really hard. Yeah. And then it's like she's Violet now. Don't call her Fern. Don't worry oh about God. Liz. I was so confused. I was like is this what's going to count as your makeover scene? Yeah, because makeover I was expecting scene. that to be like a short like five second like this is what's going to happen thing. And then no. she was going to have like a real montage, but she never did. And it was just like, she was no born time out of that. nowhere. No, 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 no. You don't understand. Liz is actively decaying. So we have to move quickly. <laughs> You're yeah. blonde and your name's Violet now. So also they that hairstyle that, that they gave her. Okay. Look, it was the nineties and it was a banging hairstyle. Oh boy. Then not now. <laughs> not now. I'm I feel sorry. like they intentionally, split the difference between like someone who is like pretty and attractive and someone that you could still dislike a little bit. Like they didn't make her yeah. like super hot. I think they did make her super hot. Agree to disagree. Really? really? Yeah. But like agree to disagree. <laughs> did you like the dress that she wore in the first scene when she was Violet? Yes. The one that was like very 2000s, like, like I don't a even know long. what that fabric is. It's like chiffon. It was or lycra and yes, lycra. <laughs> no, 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 not lycra. I like the lycra ones, but the dress she had, I was like, "What am I looking at?" It was like a dress I that love, you wear to like church. I love every single weird pastel sundress and lycra bodysuit that is in this movie. I agree with the lycra bodysuits. I don't know how I feel about <laughs> Violet's first dress. I was like, did they dress her or did they let her they, pick they, it? They definitely did not let her dress herself based on how she looked in the first You're right. scene. You're right. But we have to keep moving because Julie, the good girl of the group, <laughs> is is upset now. And she's like, hey, maybe this was not right to do. So she like breaks off from the clique. And then Courtney and Marcy are like, OK, well, then you are cut out of the popular group entirely. Yeah. Yeah. So she I think it's funny she- how they're okay. like sitting in the cafeteria and they look over and they see Julie and they're like, oh, she's sitting with the. I forget how they refer to them, but they're like artistic drama nerds, like sitting at this table. And I literally brought me back immediately to that scene in Mean Girls where it's yeah, like, oh no, the cool people have like a mapped out, you know, thing of the <laughs> of the cafeteria that they have in mind and they know exactly who sits where and it's crazy. No, a hundred like we'll get there. Do not worry. <laughs> like, like they might as well have called them the art freaks like. Yeah. Don't worry. I, yeah. I noticed. <laughs> I noticed. But yeah, she goes and she hangs out with Zach, who's like a drama nerd, and he doesn't matter for this movie. So Violet is getting more and more popular by the minute. Um, and Courtney 
is just like lying out of her ass to cover up the fact that she like murdered her friend with a jawbreaker. Julie is having like a, a mental crisis and wants to go to the police. And Courtney basically says like, we'll tell everyone you fucking did it. Yeah. That's and terrible. That's when it's terrible. But what's worse is whenever Jules, like Courtney says, well, we already, we already have a, a like kind of an alibi. We have a plan and basically it's awful. But Courtney went back to the house after they posed Liz's body to be like a one night stand turned murder. And she brought a sleazy guy from a bar, had sex with him on on Liz's bed while Liz's body was underneath the bed in order to frame him for the murder. Oh, is that where the body was? Yeah. It was under the bed. Did she move it after they put it back? Yeah, she moved it. I'm confused because... Wouldn't they take the body when the police come? Like, is this after the police have already been there? This is before the police because they want to put evidence that there was a man there. You're right. Yeah, you're right. You know who that man was, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Marilyn Manson. It was Marilyn. If if you guys want to see Marilyn Manson without his And a pedophile mustache. (laughs) Pedophile mustache. Go check him out because that's when he was in a relationship with Rose McGowan. Well, they were engaged, yeah. Well, who wasn't engaged to Marilyn Manson? I mean. What a great scene when she walks in and he's just like the epitome of like the creepy pedophile at the bar. I was like, yes, I love this. Like, I thought it was going to be like Marilyn Manson. You don't really see his face, but you see his face. He has a fucking pedophile mustache, which is hilarious. It's and hilarious. he is creepy as hell. Yes. It's good shit. It's almost like she was like, I know you probably have done something, so you might as well go to jail for this. Well, I mean, he's fucking a 17, 16-year-old, so, I mean, he's... <gasps> That's true. Clearly I didn't think about that because they're all, like, at least 27 in this movie, so I just yeah, forget. Yeah, and they're engaged, <laughs> but technically they're children in this movie. Technically they're, in, they're winky blinky in the movie children. They're supposed to be children. So Violet starts becoming a monster and starts getting a little bit power hungry and she starts kind of doing shit that Courtney doesn't feel is on brand for her click I would Mm -hmm. say like for example she comes outside and there's like a crowd around Violet's new red convertible and and Violet's like I don't know like dancing on it dance dancing on it yeah And that's when she grabs her and is like, we need to talk. And basically has one of those conversations that's like, I made you. I could destroy you. Um, You need to keep it together. This is not on our brand. We need to be cooler than this. Um, And has a little bit of a, you know, a moment where she gets, you know, too cocky and hubristic and loses it, um, loses her power at, at a certain point. But. There's something well, interesting about yeah. that scene that I read about. Um, Tell me. The, the bathroom scene. Um, so you know the part where she's, um, where Violet's smoking and like blows the smoke into Rose McGowan's face. And then yes. Rose McGowan takes a cigarette and throws it on the ground. Apparently they didn't tell Rose McGowan that, um, that Judy Greer was going to do that. And so the, her throwing the cigarette was unscripted and improvised. She was just like, get the shit out of my face. <laughs> I would too. I'd be yeah. like fucking gross. I know. Oh. I think it worked. It totally worked cuz she was mm-hmm. like annoyed as hell. <laughs> yeah. 
And I thought it was so funny watching her try to throw Judy Greer into the mirror. I'm like, it's just really weird watching like girls in high school be like physical with each other. I don't know. It was a little bit weird for me. I feel like they should have been, I don't know. It just didn't work. Like it didn't fit with Courtney's brand. I feel like to be like physically like that. I disagree. She shoved a jawbreaker in someone's mouth. As a and, prank. And threw them in the trunk of her car. Apparently girls this do this. very on brand. I, <laughs> I feel didn't like this is extremely that. on brand with Courtney. Really? Image. I thought she was too cool for that, but I don't know. Maybe She's not. too cool for that in front of other people, right? It's like what it's like whenever they're at the lunch table and they're like, no, no, no. Put I don't care if you have like a five-star meal in that brown bag. Put it the fuck away. You yeah. do not eat in front of people. That gives people ammo. Yeah, you're right. I guess it's about control in front of people. It's about control. Yeah. And Courtney has the control. And whenever Violet is flash dancing on her beamer or whatever, she doesn't. So that's why she was like, hey, how about no? Yeah. yeah. How about some respect? And Violet is just drunk and she's like, I'm, I'm going to do whatever I feel like doing. Wait, was but, she drunk? Well, she's like power drunk. Oh, OK, OK. I was like, I but that doesn't that. last long because Courtney and Marcy are like, no, we are we are genuinely in charge. And so they 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 post all the photos of Fern Mayo in her original form with the words "Who is Violet?" all over the school. Might remind you of another movie all that comes out girls. in two thousand four. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then, so it's basically saying, "Hey, Violet's not this like foreign exchange sexy student that everyone thinks she is. It's Fern." mayo hold, as in hold the mayo and so she's humiliated and that how, makes how does this girl that is like how does she just go into a school and like say she's someone new and no one's like taking attendance like I I don't understand is that a plot it's hole the 90s <laughs> you can't just you walk into a high school and be like I'm a foreign exchange student you've never seen me before and no one well, checks I think that one shit the, out one of the te- one of the teachers was like Fern, no, the nurse was even like, it says right here, Fern Mayo. And she's like, I'm Violet. Yeah, except then the other teacher was like, Fern Mayo hasn't been here in a few days. Don't worry about it too hard. It was the Okay, 90s. all right, I'll let it go. <laughs> don't worry about it too hard. Not, I guess people don't keep of track of children, even though that's the whole point of school, right? I don't know. Have you seen Ferris Bueller? <laughs> like no He was very seen... on it in Ferris Bueller. <laughs> really? Because I'm pretty sure Ferris like just hacked into the mainframe and just like deleted all of his absence days but ed rooney watched that happen he was very aware of it happening rooney (laughs) well god that's a different movie that i'm afraid we will never be able to include in this podcast i am sorry in advance because i wish we could (laughs) that's where we draw the line that we i gotta draw the line somewhere and that's the line anyway julie um who is who's good girl She's the good girl click member. She kind of feels bad for Fern at this point, Fern slash Violet. And so she sort of forgives her. And this is where the movie hits its third act because Courtney is now attending prom with Liz's boyfriend, Dane, which, wow. Okay. Oh, I didn't even catch that. They were together. Yeah. I didn't know. Yes. That's Liz's boyfriend. Like, what a move. Yeah, because like they even made like a little joke <laughs> earlier where it's like, you know what this means? What, that you're a shoe in for prom queen? Yeah, I heard that, but I was also not, I guess I didn't because understand now that. now she and had... Dane are the couple. It's because Liz and Dane were oh. the couple and now Courtney and Dane. And so, of course, Courtney and Dane are prom king and queen. Um, but 
that's when Zach, who's in drama club, so I guess is really good at tech. Don't worry about it. He <laughs> yeah. sneaks backstage and he broadcasts this accidental recording that happened of Courtney confessing to the murder of Liz. Yeah. And it was a very Carrie moment. It was like, you're about so to be Carrie. humiliated, but also crowned prom queen. It was mm-hmm. very tense. <laughs> It was very tense. And I love how everyone pelts her with corsages. I know. It's a good moment. It's a really good moment. And then yeah. um, Julie like takes a photo of Courtney and like with the with the Polaroid, Polaroid camera, which ties back into the first scene. Yeah. And that's about it. That's that's the movie. And it's way better than it sounds. And you guys need to go watch it because it <laughs> is about the aesthetic. It is about the bizarre. It is. It is about I would say so much more than the plot. A lot of the enjoyment comes from the aesthetic. We need to talk about Heathers and Mean Girls now. Yes. Can I admit like, that I've never to. seen Heathers? <gasps> oh, my God. I okay. know. Freaking, oh I don't God. know what it's on. Is it on Hulu right now? But Hulu's been trying to get oh me to watch God. it for, like, months. It's like, but do you want to watch Heathers? And I'm like, yeah, but, like, not right now. <laughs> oh, Ariana, it's Heathers. Okay. I know. You know the only thing I know feel- about it is wh- what they reference in Drag, in, uh, drag Race. <laughs> and okay. they reference it a lot in Drag Race. I am up. I am upset that you have seen Jawbreaker before you've seen Heather's. Yes, like that bothers me a lot. But there's nothing I can do about it. Like Heather's, we I watched in film class. Oh, really? Like it's a it's an important movie, and it's a very very distinct movie. It's an iconic, gorgeous, gorgeous movie. And because hmm. I have this, this it always comes up in every episode. It's a musical, ladies and gentlemen. Heather's the musical. It's actually very well received. And I listen to some of the songs. Oh, oh did you know Jawbreaker? Jawbreaker, was also a musical? yes. <laughs> yeah, one night only, right? One night only in LA, and it's too late, and I missed it, and I am yep. devastated. You would have been devastated. like 10 years old when it came out. <laughs> God, I really wish if I could go back in time, I would watch American Psycho the musical. Spider-Man the musical and Jawbreaker the musical. Mm. But it's yeah. too late. Too it's little too late. late. So the question, is this just a Heather's knockoff? That's like a very heavy criticism that this movie gets. Um, I, I kind of say yes and no. So a good way to think about Jawbreaker is that it's the 90s version of Heather's. Because Heather's is also like a teen black comedy cult classic. Oh, Yeah. Yes, and so Heather's came out in 88, and both of them have very, like, iconic fashion, very iconic, like, costume design, very iconic colors, very dark humor, and it's about a group of high school girls, like a high school clique that is being very aloof in response to a friend's death. Oh, wow. Yeah. But it's not so a like murder. It, I'm not going to talk about it. Okay. But it's, 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 it's different than this. And okay. the main point with Heather's is Heather's the story and the point of the story is completely different. I won't go into Heather's. This isn't this podcast isn't about Heather's, but it's, it's not about the group of girls alone and it's not about their dynamic. Like their dynamic is like kind of like, like a setting point. Like it's like the catching point for the movie. Mm, Whereas this movie jawbreaker is about the dynamic. It's about the click. It's about the girls all together. Where Heather's arguably is about a girl and a guy. I was going to say, having watched the trailer and that's it, it does seem very um, romance heavy. 
which is probably why I don't it, watch it. It is. <laughs> it no, like you. Okay, well. Anyway, I'm not gonna. You need to watch Heather's, but that's okay. neither here nor there. But Darren, 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 our boy Darren, writer and director, Darren Stein, he has a direct quote because obviously he's been asked about the parallel with Heather's. And he says, Heather's screenwriter, Daniel Waters, thought that I was ripping him off. I was clearly inspired by it. But the only thing that's similar about the two films is that there are three high school bitches and murder. And he, he continues. He says, Heather's is really about Winona Ryder and Christian Slater's love story. In this, you have a devious girl who's running the show. Yes, the devious girl. She's definitely, she breaks, or she makes the movie, I think. She she's makes the, best. the movie. She's a very good mean girl trope villain. I'm a fan. And she's kind, she kind of invents that a little bit. Because yeah. that, doesn't, that doesn't quite exist before this movie. Not in the same way. Okay. So, you've, 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 so this movie is an extremely feminist movie. We, that we can agree on, right? Yes, I agree completely. Okay, so you you know what the Bechtel test is, right? Yes. Okay, so for listeners who haven't heard of the Bechtel test, it asks basically whether a movie or a work features at least two women who are talking to each other and they are not talking about a guy. So just looking at the cover of this movie, you know that it passes the Bechtel test with like flying rainbow colors. <laughs> And I don't know what the opposite of a Bechdel test is because nobody wants or needs that. But I'm thrilled to say that I don't think this movie would pass that test. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, the Bechdel test, it's really kind of bums you out if you're in any way feminist because you're like, why does this test exist? Obviously, a lot of these movies actually involve women talking to each other. The answer is no, unfortunately. A very small amount of movies can pass this test. It's very sad. It's super sad. Go watch some movies that you used to love and be sad about them. <laughs> like yeah. Us. Yeah. Be disappointed like us. Yeah. Um, the, I think the new Bechdel test, like, I feel like at this point it should be expected that two women are talking to each other, not yeah. about a man. So that's, you know, that's not even a Bechdel test anymore. That's just like, it's required. The new test will be, do women carry a dead body together in high heels? <laughs> in high heels and fall and drop the And dead fall. Body. So if that doesn't happen, I don't want to watch the movie. It's not feminist. No, we're only for me. watching. <laughs> yes, I love it. I'm only watching movies that uplift me, and that's that's a requirement. <laughs> Apparently, they said uh, when I was reading spoilers for this, they said that when they dropped her, um, it wasn't scripted. Like they weren't supposed to like oh, no! be struggling as much, and they ended up dropping her for real because they're like, you know, skinny women carrying a woman's body no, and they said that the awful. actress was like really chill about it she was like it's fine <laughs> that's because she's a sweet angel so I like i told you she was miss teen america yeah um so sh- did i tell you like about her role in foster care no so she was miss teen america or miss teen usa and whenever she was 16 and then whenever she turned 17 um basically her mom was found like mentally unfit to take care of her and her siblings. Oh, so wow. they all went into foster care. And so she was raised in foster care for the rest of her teens. And now she's like a very big public speaker for foster oh. children. Oh, that's very nice. I yeah, like that. Poor fucking Liz. Yeah. She's a good jawbreaker sport. lodged in her throat. She's a good oh, sport. <laughs> the jawbreaker lodged in her throat gave me anxiety just because that happens to dogs. <laughs> With tiny rubber balls getting I lodged in the esophagus and lodged dealt in the trachea. with that today. 
I dealt with that today. Wait, really? What yeah, happened? Yeah, because a dog, the dog was fine, but the dog swallowed a, okay, so if you're new to this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> Ariana and I are both a veterinarians IRL. And um, she works in ER and I'm a general practitioner. So we both we both see random shit. And a big thing of it, a big thing that we see is choking, especially dogs that choke on tennis balls. Mm -hmm. So this is my PSA for everyone. Um, Go go look up. I forget what it's called. The external extraction technique, I believe it's called. You're talking about the thing where they lay them on their back. And they like, yes, push it out. yeah, it works. It works. It works. So the dog has to be unconscious. Your dog has to be unconscious. It has to have a foreign body, like a ball shoved in its throat. And basically if they are unconscious and you cannot reach in and grab the ball, lay them on the back, on their back, like in between your legs and put your, how do I describe this? <laughs> like, uh, like, like put yeah. your hand, like you're, like you're doing a butterfly wing. Like you're making butterfly wings with your hands where you're, thumb overlaps your index finger and then you push down and out like a j motion with them on their back down on the ball and out like a j motion and that can help them just it'll just shoot it across the room if you do it correctly it has to be something like lodge it has to be a complete obstruction they have to be unconscious so just because your dog is like choking on his kibble don't flip him on their back not (laughs) let me tell you as an er vet how many times I have people come in and tell me that they did CPR on their dogs no. while they're awake. And if I'm like, if your dog is awake, they don't need CPR. It's do not do things to your dog. <laughs> Please do not slam on your dog's chest. Please don't push on your dog's <laughs> neck if he's choking. It's very rare for this to happen unless you see literally a ball sized foreign body. Like jawbreaker. Like, like a jawbreaker. In your dog's esophagus, which I don't think it can fit in the trachea, so not the trachea. Yeah, and they're unconscious. Then you can do this. Then don't do it it otherwise. (laughs) I've literally seen someone give their dog pulmonary contusions from doing CPR inappropriately. Please do not. Well, just don't do CPR if your dog is awake. Like, like I also CPR in people is different. So if you're not trained to do CPR in animals, don't do it. You're hurting your you're hurting your dog. (laughs) Don't do that. No, look, I think I'm gonna have to post a link to the extraction technique I'm go I'm going to I'm going to put a link in the in the bio of this episode do because it. I'm a I'm a veterinarian and I have to so the, remember they have to be unconscious <laughs> it has to be a full obstruction and then mm-hmm. you can do this do mm-hmm. not do this because your dog is coughing or is I guarantee I you care. your dog is coughing for another reason if it's coughing it's very rarely that he swallowed something I do not want you to bring your dog in for pneumonia and you crushed its trachea for no reason. No. <laughs> and that's why it's coughing. But if you have a dog with a high prey drive that swallows tennis balls, because I saw one today, it happens. Wait, tell me more about like, it. I want to know. <laughs> well, I'll tell you later. I'll tell okay. You later. <laughs> <laughs> I want to respect that dog's privacy. He might that's be embarrassed if he listens, dogs. if he's a club member. I get it. Anyway, that's my that's my PSA is to 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 look look at this link that's in the description of this podcast and only do it if they're unconscious and are choking on a jawbreaker exactly like this movie. I wonder if it works in people. I bet it does. I bet they could have done that on their friend before she died. I don't I don't think that um they're paying good attention to her to their friend. I'm just saying like if they saw her and she was like choking. I bet, I bet they, they could, could have. have. Mhm. Yeah, because I don't know that the Heimlich would have done shit, right? Right. It's a huge, yeah, the jawbreaker's huge. Jawbreaker's huge. Also, jawbreakers crack your teeth, so just, like, don't. Just don't. 
They break your jaw. I wasn't allowed to have jawbreakers growing up. I don't think I've ever had one. I don't really understand the appeal. It's too big to like actually suck on. Are you just supposed to you lick it? You just have to like slobber on it, I think. That's disgusting. I will say <laughs> one of the notes that I wrote down <laughs> as I was watching this was the scariest and the scariest scene in this movie. And the reason why I feel like it's horror is the scene with the children on the playground, all licking jawbreakers and drooling all over <gasps> themselves. It's so gross. It's disgusting. It was like body horror. It was nasty. And I don't like children and neither is Kate. No, we're <laughs> and it not was big just, fans. It was, it was pretty gross. Gross. You know those big <laughs> lollipops that are like, like the, the rainbow? Like the big ones. Yeah. The big rainbow ones you get at like theme parks. Yeah. Those make me want to die. <laughs> Why? Because it's too much like, saliva? It's. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's just coated in your saliva within seconds. Yeah. So you're licking your own saliva. Yeah, there's no good way to eat it without just it getting gross. Get a smaller one. Get like, a smaller one. <laughs> that fits in your mouth. <laughs> I don't understand these novelty candies. Whose idea was this? Whose idea? What? Probably Courtney's. That crazy bitch. Uh, yeah. No, she didn't mean to. It was an oopsie doodle. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, there's a lot of parallels between Heather's and <laughs> back to what we're talking about. There's a lot of parallels to Heather between Heather's in this movie. But I feel like what I feel like this is, you know, what is influence and what is a ripoff? I feel like this is just influence because it's a different story. Sure. In the same way, I don't think is the question is Mean Girls just a Jawbreakers knockoff? Right, because I, I, and I have a, I have a direct quote from my boy Darren, Darren Stein. He says he was talking about Mean Girls taking inspiration from Jawbreaker because it's obvious. Yeah, yeah, it is obvious. It is very obvious. And he says he says it annoyed me at first because it was clear to me that Tina Fey had watched Jawbreaker. Structurally, there are similarities. Tina Fey is brilliant. Mean Girls is hilarious. It fully deserves its recognition. That being said, I think Jawbreaker is way bitchier and more stylish, and it's a more honest version than Mean Girls. Let's be honest. The Mean Girls aren't that mean. On Tuesdays, they wear pink. Who cares? Ooh, damn. I think it's funny how he's like, I didn't rip off anybody, but like someone ripped me off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like same, same, but different. I'm just saying. Yeah. Same, yeah. same, but different. I think he, yeah. I think that it, from this, it feels like he's like, initially he's like, wait, these are literally shot by shot. My scenes. Fair. Yeah. Like yeah. the past that Dutch scene from Mean Girls. If you've seen Mean Girls, if you know, you know, um, where they're walking down the hallway. That is from Jawbreaker. Yeah, that is literally from Jawbreaker. But also there's so many more things like the fact that like Courtney goes back after talking to the police and she's like having that moment when Regina George has that moment, you know, mm -hmm. after she releases the burn book or whatever, like mm -hmm. correct the, you know, the flyers and all of that too. The flyers. Definitely, mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I feel like it's hard to say definitely that Jar, you know, I haven't seen Heather, so I don't know how similar it is to that. But I agree that there are literal shot for shot scenes in Mean Girls that are, you know, similar to this movie. Sorry. I would argue that Mean Girls is more similar to Jawbreaker than Jawbreaker is to Heather's. Oh, that's really? Okay. Me. And I think that's very personal opinion. And I, I think that people are going to disagree with me and that's fine. And I think everyone's going to disagree here and no one's going to you yeah. know, make friends. And that's what that it is what it is. But the long story short is I love all three of these movies. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I think Tina Fey does a good job. Like, I mean, if you think about, you know, not that she's defined by SNL, but SNL is literally a satire thing that pokes fun at other things. And so I feel like she Correct. intentionally did this almost to be like, I saw this, I liked it. Here's me kind of making a satire about this other movie that I enjoyed. And that's why I think she did like the walking down the hallway plastics moment, because mm -hmm. that is probably the most similar. Um, but I feel like it was a, you know, I feel like it was almost a reference like intentionally. Yeah. Like, is it homage or is it a ripoff? Like, I guess right. it's your, it gets it all comes down to intention. Right. Mm -hmm. Also, if we're going to talk about Mean Girls, Tina Fey, that all started with a nonfiction book called Queen Bees and Wannabes. Oh, yeah. Which is about high schoolers. Yeah. So don't give me. I will. I will talk to you all fucking day about Mean Girls, but I will not. <laughs> not this day. Not this day, because I am here to talk about this movie. And I don't know. I, I guess it's time to talk about how we feel about it just. As a whole, isn't it? Ooh, yeah. The time has come. Should, yeah. Should, I'll let you go first. How do you feel about this movie? How do I feel about it? How does it make me feel? Um, I feel like it makes me nostalgic for mm -hmm. the 90s and the 2000s. Totally. Um, I feel like it made me laugh out loud multiple times. So I definitely enjoyed totally. it. I love a feminist movie because I'm incredibly feminist. <laughs> for true. That being said, is it horror? I don't feel like it is. <laughs> yeah, but like neither is a lot of things we... So that's not... I don't care about that part. Sure. You know what I mean? Like I cover Rocky Horror Picture Show and Ariana, that is our least listened to episode. Oh, really? Rocky Horror? Isn't that a... No, I'm so sorry. Little Shop of Horrors. We haven't covered Rocky Horror, but I would. I it's was wondering. I was concept. like, I've listened to every episode and I've never heard that one. A hundred percent, I would cover Rocky Horror Picture Show in the same way that I covered Little Shop of Horrors, and that was a one of my favorite episodes to do. We covered Cats, and that yeah. was that's that's our most popular episode. That was a true so horror. So it's like, yeah, true horror. <laughs> so I think I think horror is subjective. I think that horror can be all inclusive, and I think that this counts. And the fact that not only one, but two different club members recommended it. And then whenever I said, hey, do you guys oh. like, hey, guys, I think I'm really going to do Jawbreaker. Everyone was like, fuck, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> everyone was on board. So I think that this counts as horror. I think that the horror community likes this type of movie and likes the horror elements of this type yeah. of movie. And honestly, it's a I, sometimes I need a break from watching a, a fucking classic just haunted house movie. No, I agree. Sometimes You're right. I need Lycra. I will say this is the closest to like a feel good teen movie that I'll get. <laughs> That's true. On this like, podcast, at least. Eh, well, I mean, in general, like I don't like, you know, feel good teen movies, but this is my kind of teen movie because it's, you know, it definitely does give you a break from all the other real intense horror, but it's just enough black comedy. Yeah, it's bizarre. Mm -hmm. So are you going to give me a, so you know, you know what you have to do. Oh, this God. is the part of the show <laughs> where we rate the movie. So we do a rating. <laughs> oh, every fucking time. So we rate one to 10 and then we rank it on our scoreboard, which is a whole other can of worms. But Ariana, <laughs> understanding I'm going to hate you no matter what. Oh God. Okay. I'm kidding. Kind no. of. No, <laughs> no. Let me think. Um, Okay. 
Um, I'm going to say, ooh, um, this is really hard. It is hard. It's so hard. Oh, boy. Okay. I'm going to say six and a half. <gasps> okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to gasp so audibly. I'm sorry. Six and a half pairs of neon high heels. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's a solid 13 then. That's really good. <laughs> Just a little math humor. Okay, I can respect that. Do you want to elaborate? Um, yes. I will say, like, I definitely enjoyed this movie. It didn't dig deep into my soul like I want a favorite movie to, you know? When I think about my favorite Mm -hmm. movie is, I think of movies that I will think about, you know, days to weeks after I watch it. And this movie was very on the surface and I enjoyed it on the surface and I you know like I said I laughed out loud it was really nostalgic for me but it wasn't a hard-hitting movie in my opinion okay fair I am gonna give this seven and a half out of ten popsicles popsicles oh we didn't talk about the popsicle scene so we can't because um, I just can't go into that. And I think what? that I just can't do it. It's just it's it's so it has to be experienced, if if that makes sense. OK, OK. You know, I feel like if we describe it, it's going to sound it's going to sound dumb and it's not dumb. It's brilliant. And I can love we, it so much. Can we talk about it in a way that doesn't give anything away? Yes. Do it. OK. I feel like this is a very. This is the most feminist movie scene I've seen in a really long time. A hundred percent. And I enjoyed it. A hundred percent. I really loved that scene. I loved how like angrily this passed the Bechdel test. The yeah. fact that I'm so sorry. I don't know if you noticed, but Foxy Brown is the detective. Do you know who Foxy Brown is? No. Is that a character from something else? Uh, yeah, she's from Foxy Brown. So okay. Foxy Brown was like a like a sexy um, detective. No, she wasn't a detective. She was like a sexy revenge um, woman who like from from movies in the seventies. Who like basically the end the ending of her film? It was all like revenge against men. Like she would like cut off their dick. Oh, and, like she was like aggressive and crazy. Um, her name is M- Pam Greer. Yes. And she, she plays Detective no relation to Judy Greer. Oh, well, it's funny you say that because no, Judy I know. Greer came. I saw ah! that quote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Judy Greer came up to her and was like, oh, my God, my last name is Greer, too. And Foxy Brown gave her like a look down and said, I don't think we're related. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's yeah, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Foxy Brown has is like embraced as like a feminist icon oh okay so she's like a she's a big deal um she like she's fearless and like she exacts like revenge on like the men who challenge her Ooh. and so she's incredible so the fact that we got foxy brown motherfucking foxy brown as detective cruise yeah. amazing yeah. also I she's like from it. winston-salem she's from north, north carolina oh mm-hmm. 
cute. She also had it in her contract that she was in charge of her own hair, which like I know I saw that too. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, how much is your budget? Don't touch my hair. No. Did you see the hair is three different wigs combined? (gasps) No, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I love whatever it is. I love it. I love her hair in this movie. It's incredible. So, so the, the feminism is amazing. The outfits are iconic. I think Rose McGowan as Courtney is incredible. What they made on the budget that they made it is really, really impressive. And I disagree with the critical reception. I agree more with like the the cult perception of this movie, which is just like that you didn't get it. I'm sorry. I know I say that a lot, but you didn't get it, which is like, (laughs) don't take yourself too fucking seriously. Like, just like enjoy the movie, like listen to the message be a woman for Christ's sake oh and like God. yeah enjoy a 90s makeover in weird you know transitions yeah and it is what it is and I thought this was just like a thoroughly enjoyable feminist awesome movie yeah you know it's I, women's history month you're goddamn right it is <laughs> it was just international women's day and Nick got me a bottle of rosé because that is what I drink did when I'm recording these episodes of course he did oh Nick well, literally, for, well, bless him. He didn't know it was because no one knew it was Women's Day. And I was like, of course not. Nick, it's Women's Day. And he just goes, oh, what do you want? Oh, <laughs> oh, and Nick. Then I, then I was like, surprise me. And he came and he brought me a glass of rose. Get like, you a man you yeah. like that. Get you a man. Get that you a man you that Foxy Brown would approve of. <laughs> but in the end, I will say that this, you know, I think that the budget does limit this movie a little bit, just like a tiny bit. I think that the I think that it's a it's just it doesn't I don't think about it after I'm done watching it. Yeah. If I'm being honest, which I don't think every movie needs to be yeah. a thought provoking piece. Mm-hmm. But that's probably why it's not going to be like a 10 out of 10. Yeah. It's just not that kind of movie. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I enjoyed it. But, you know, when we're holding it to other standards, it can be really hard. Yeah. <laughs> It can be really hard, but Ooh. like, would I recommend this to other people? Fuck yes. Oh God, yeah, I'm going to. Absolutely. But I'm looking at things on my scoreboard, like the thing, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. These are different. <laughs> These are oh my different. God. It's going to be so hard to place this. <laughs> yeah, so it, it is time though. So this is the part, <laughs> this oh is the horrific part of the podcast where we rate on the scoreboard. Ariana and I fight. About where we slot this on the big scoreboard that is. So I'll just let me see. We have 69 on the list so far. I'll just start at like 30. Okay. Start mid road. So number 30 is Blair Witch Project. Yeah, she's she's doing a thumbs down. It has to go below this. So I'm just Darren, if you are listening to this episode, first of all, I still I do want to be in your movies, so keep making them. Um, I will choke on whatever candy you want me to. <laughs> but do not take offense to where it rates our ranks on this scoreboard because this the scoreboard, scoreboard is for is classic shit. horror movies. <laughs> yeah, it's and also it's like a mess. So yeah. the scoreboard is a mess, and it's also for like horror movies. So I don't know where this is gonna go. <laughs> I was dying I when David know. was like, "Your scoreboard and." You- you wanting to stick to this terrible scoreboard is my favorite part of your podcast. I was like, dear I'll never God, let it you're go. so right. I will never let it. I love it. I love looking at it and getting like angry at myself <laughs> and angry at other people. Yeah. 
I love it. So this this scoreboard just makes people like outraged. It's just basically a giant troll. Yeah. It is, but it's also me trying my goddamnedest, which is, makes it even funnier. <laughs> none of this is will, irony. We're none, trying. It, none of it's irony. It's all me trying, but it just comes out as irony whenever you look at like Beetlejuice next to like Slumber Party Massacre, next to Trick or Treat, <laughs> next to Tucker and Dale versus Evil, next to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You're like, what is happening? This is terrible. It's terrible. And I will be linking it in the bio to this <laughs> podcast. So go check it out. But let's see. So it's going to be, it has to be below Blair Witch. Um, I'm going to jump down a little bit. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, Child's, do it. Child's Play. Wow, I didn't realize Child's Play was so low. 34. Yeah, Emma didn't like it. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because I know you love Chucky. Yeah, I fucking love Chucky. I dress up as Chucky for Halloween. I love I know. Chucky. <laughs> love that guy. All right. We got to keep going. I love Chucky. Um, okay. Mm, all right uh beetlejuice absolutely lower than beetlejuice i'm sorry i'm so sorry like that's not even fair you know what i mean like yeah beetlejuice is beetlejuice okay yeah um nightmare on oh slumber party massacre i haven't seen slumber party although i did listen to your episode about it and it sounds amazing but it seems like a similar aesthetic almost like very well that's why i picked it for like a comparison um Oh, God. Uh, Read the ones in that Nightmare. area. Okay, Friday the 13th. Nightmare on Elm Street. The Strangers. Sinister. The Changeling. Orphan. It. Ugh, it's got to go above all of these. I'm so sorry. Above meaning? Above. For me, this is. Better than those mm, or worse? This is better than Changeling. Okay. It's better than Orphan. Oh, I love Orphan. But it's only because it's based on a real (laughs) true crime. So it wasn't. That's real story came after that movie. Oh, that's crazy. That's even crazy. Yeah, because we released our episode on Orphan and literally that week that shit happened. I forgot about that. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Bad timing. Did I send you that link and I was like, what the hell am I Yes, you did. (laughs) You did. And I was like, well, it's already published. So because <laughs> we were like in our episode of the orphan of orphan. We're like, oh, thank God this isn't real. Oh, and then yeah. It was. Yeah. Then it was. So below orphan is it. Oh, my God. This is like I love it, though. It's so just I have like, strong opinions and I don't uh, like it. The movie. I know you don't. I, I know. I would put Jawbreaker above it in a, in a second. Mm. But below that is the exorcist. Wait, why is Exorcist so low? Because it aged. Oh, I'm dying. Paranormal activity. God, you know what? I have, I feel like it should Teeth. go. <laughs> this is so hard. I know. We got split, as above, so below, which is lower than I would have liked to it be. I, I know. love Don't as I... above, so below. I know. It shouldn't be. 13 Ghost is number 60. And honestly, like, I know it's trash, Jesus. but I love it. <laughs> So here, that's, you know, there's, there you go. That, there you go. Some of the lowest movies on this list are some of my favorite movies. Yeah. It's so hard. Troll 2 is down here. Troll 2. Cats. 13 Ghosts, I would literally watch every single week. I adore that movie. Really? I, know it's I haven't seen it. I, I need to watch it. it. Oh, it's trash, but I love it. 
Um, yeah, I need to watch Jawbreaker it. is not trash. So I, ju- I just don't know where to, where do you think? Oh God. I feel like it's definitely in this arena, but I can't make decisions because it's just utter fucking chaos. <laughs> yeah, it's chaos and it gets more chaotic every episode. All right. <laughs> you know. know what? I'm going to make an executive decision. Make your, yeah. Make your decision. Because I aced my quiz. Yeah, you did. You got did. two out and of three, also, but you didn't let me ask the third question. Oh shit. What's the third question? <gasps> oh my God. Well, we kind of gave it away when we talked about Marilyn Manson, but do you know the other significant other of the person involved in this movie that played a role? Was it Marilyn Manson? Besides Marilyn Manson, there was two. I'm going to say no. (gasps) So Darren's boyfriend at the time was the police officer who knocked on Courtney's door. Cute. I know. Yeah. Cute. <laughs> and I did not know that. Well, well, now you have to. Honestly, I'm really glad I got that wrong because that means that you <laughs> have to put it on the scoreboard. <laughs> no, but you got two out of three. <laughs> no, I got one out of three, didn't no. I? No, you didn't. You got no, Rocky Horror. You got a month. Okay, fine. All, All right. I'm going to say this goes below Sinister. So below Nightmare on Elm Street, I'm so sorry, it has to be, right? Like below, there will be a mutiny. Below Friday the 13th, Elm Street, Strangers, Sinister. Above Changeling, above Orphan, above It, above Teeth, above Fine. Split. Sounds good. All right, so that's the, that makes this the new number 50. Oh, boy. That sounds really bad. It's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> you cannot take this scoreboard personally. <laughs> the scoreboard is the worst. It's the worst. What a terrible, what a terrible thing. Well, it is what it is, and I'm not getting rid of it now. <laughs> it's it's here to stay. Yeah, we committed. We did. Well, I I had I loved watching this movie. I had uh, so much fun. Oh my god, <laughs> this was fun. I I love how many club members were so excited about this movie. You know, someone posted on Instagram and was like, hey, like, I like just watched this unrelated this week. (laughs) Yes. Maybe it's like, um, you know, maybe it's getting more popular over time. It deserves to. Yeah. I think we need a I think we need a jawbreaker revival, in my opinion. (laughs) It's the perfect time. Honest opinion. I feel like it fits with the 90s nostalgia vibe that's happening in pop culture right now. A hundred percent money pieces all day. Yeah. So that's, that's the scoreboard. That's our rank. Um, and that's the episode. So if you guys enjoyed this podcast, I really hope that you did because you stuck around this long, please go, um, help other people find it. Tell people about it. Tell your aunt, your friends, your teachers, uh, rate and review us on iTunes, on Apple podcasts. It really, really does make a difference for the algorithms that be, and we would really appreciate it. And our next episode is going to be Emma's creepy little true crime mini episode, which yes. I hate and I am dreading. I'm so excited. I love true crime. Mm, yay. <laughs> yay. <laughs> yay. It's only fair. I know it's only fair because I make her watch horror movies, but I really don't like true crime. So um, <laughs> we will see. I like this kind of crime. I like I choked on a jawbreaker. This is an, a real crime. Now my name is Violet. And this is I'm fake wearing crime. Lycra. I like fake crime. <laughs> is that a genre? Because I love it. It's a horror. Yeah. 
Mm. Well, that all makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Well, this this episode was recommended by club members. If you have a movie you want to recommend and you aren't sure if we'll cover it or not, well, we might. So just go ahead and drop us a line. It's nightlighthorrormovieclub at gmail.com. And if you have any thoughts about today's show, any opinions, if you're upset, if you're angry, if you love us, if you hate us, just let me know. I like getting email. <laughs> she likes getting hate emails. <laughs> I love hate email. I love hate email. <laughs> well, that's all I have for you guys. Ariana, do you have anything else to add? No, I think I'm good. All right. Well, in that case, we will see you guys next time. Make sure to stay spoopy. Stay spoopy.